the snowy Swiss mountain resort of Davos, where the World Economic Forum hosts its annual meeting, is strangely quiet this week. However, the heads of government, the chief executives, the policymakers, the experts that would usually be crowding its streets and conference centers are still getting together online to discuss some of the biggest issues facing the world in 2021. You're listening to the Business Extra podcast coming from the National in Abu Dhabi. I'm Mustafa Al-Rawi, Assistant Editor-in-Chief. My co-host, Kelsey Warner, the National's Future Editor. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, Mustafa. So we normally, this time of year, we'd be speaking uh, about who was actually attending uh, the World Economic Forum's annual meeting in Davos. Instead, uh, we're talking about a virtual meeting, an online gathering with big ambitions, with big ideas. Uh, the, the question is, what does it mean that, that nobody's physically together and what, what's likely to happen this week? Yeah, typically, Mustafa, I would be uh, applying you for gossip there in Davos. Uh, you know, the, the who's who, the cognoscenti of the world, all convening. And so then what does it look like online? And right, what does it mean? And does it still have the convening power uh, that it has had in the past with a physical presence? And I think we're finding that, yes, it does, in fact, have the, the wattage that it always goes after year after year. So the big topics uh, being discussed, COVID-19 pandemic, every aspect of it, vaccines, health, the future of healthcare, technology. Then, of course, there's climate change, how governments, companies can cooperate on that from top to bottom. And then globalization, world trade. What does it look like? What should it look like? I mean, these are the main topics uh, that, that seem to be crowding the agenda. Crowding, I think, being the operative word. You have small, small topics to tackle and sort of the through line through all of these major issues is this idea of rebuilding trust. And founder Klaus Schwab has this sort of thesis statement that 2021 needs to be the year of rebuilding trust for the global economy. What do you, Mustafa, you've been there in recent years. What do you think about the ambitions of Davos to be held virtually what are you hoping to get out of or see this week? If I go from sort of the silver lining towards the cloud, if you like, the silver lining is it's rare that that such an organization with such a, a big, important event on the calendar gets to almost take a step back and see how do we need to do this better? And that's what they've been doing for several months now, um, ever since it became apparent that physical meetings would be almost impossible. And they've been doing a number of virtual meetings online in the build-up to this. Um, and they've, they've, they've used different tools, technological digital tools, to try and make the experience as dynamic as possible. And they've done a pretty good job, uh, at least in my experience. So that is important because otherwise you don't necessarily always get to tackle the shortcomings or the, the problems with with how you're doing things. So I think that's that's very good. And and secondly, there's so much sort of you know, newspaper focus or media focus on who's going to show up whether it was last year Greta Thunberg, the environmental activist or President Donald Trump, uh, is he going to come? Uh, that as you said, the gossipy side of it kind of gets in the way of the real 
effort to make things happen. And then there's a lot of criticism that every year all Davos is, is a talking shop for billionaires. Um, the, the fact that it's being held online kind of shows that there is still a commitment on the part of all these people to try and get together to make this work. They aren't just looking for, you know, a jolly gathering in in, in the resort. Uh, you know, that's that's not the reason that they're, they're, they're giving the time to this. So, of course, the physical gathering is the secret source. That's what makes it a special place. It's kind of this mix of this informal resort coupled with maximum security and you're either in the club or you're not, but once you're in, you can talk to anyone you want. That can't happen online. And that really is what what makes this annual meeting stand out. So it'll be interesting to see where they go from here and, and how it actually turns out these next few days. Right. So to find out more about that, we spoke to Sarita Nayar, a managing director for the World Economic Forum. The Davos agenda finds itself online here in 2021. It's not the first time you all have gone remote but what is the intention here this year with this virtual agenda? What are the priorities in place with this Davos? Yeah, so 2021 is a special year. It's the first year we are doing our annual meeting, not physically in Davos, but through a digital week or virtual meetings through the week. But we're equally excited about this week because there are many, many important topics that need to be discussed. And we've actually had a full year to benefit from learning from virtual meetings. We, we had over 300 meetings that we've done in 2020 uh, across our stakeholders. So we have some good experience. But what's really exciting about this week, and we're at the start of the week, so we've just started, is that we are bringing together global leaders from across the world. Uh, we just actually had a uh, president of the People's Republic of China, President Xi, speak uh, and share his views and perspectives and strategies related to the world. We have later in the day, further representation from Asia coming as well. From India, Prime Minister Modi. We have Prime Minister of Japan, um, also President of Korea. So bringing voices that are from the Asian uh, region as well as from the Western world. We have uh, big names coming from Europe. We have Angela Merkel that we'll get to hear from also President Macron and different stakeholders from the um, international organizations. Today, we will have the UN Secretary General talk to us as well. And then of course, we have um, business joining. We have over 600 chairmen, CEOs joining and over 300 total business joining. So we are very excited um, to have the opportunity to bring these stakeholders together, just as we would have in uh, Davos. So it's without the snow and the boots, but it's equally uh, focused on the discussions around the key topics. Right. So missing the missing the funny outfits, but no shortage of high wattage guests and still the convening power of the forum. And founder Klaus Schwab said before the meeting began that this was a crucial year to rebuild trust. Why trust this year when the house seems like it's on fire? How do you choose trust and why trust this year? Yeah, I think the trust is at the core of everything that needs to be addressed. So we are going to be covering many different topics, but I think underlying all of these issues, and we've talked about uh, some of the issues facing us, we call them the three C's, which is COVID, climate, and cooperation. Um, and as we think about you know, what the pandemic has sort of 
rolled out for us as a world, you know, now with almost 100 million people affected, uh, we need to address many issues. We need to address uh, the health issue related to the pandemic. We need to address the economic issues that come around because of the pandemic. We need to address climate. We need to address all of this in terms of um, making sure that growth, economic growth comes sustainably and inclusive. So this is definitely underlying, is about building trust, building trust among stakeholders, among government and private sector, among citizens, and really bringing trust back into the mix. Uh, Sarita, the annual meeting, which usually, as, as we've said, is held in Davos, Switzerland this time of year, usually generates a lot of uh, media reports in the build-up about you know, the number of, of, of CEOs and billionaires and decision makers and even celebrities that will gather in, the, in this, this one resort. And that tends to take up a lot of um, sort of mental bandwidth. And there's usually the the kind of discussion about the so-called Davos man and capitalism and globalization, all these big themes that come up because so many uh, leaders uh, of the business and political worlds are congregating in one place that it's natural to kind of bring that up. We don't have that physical congregation. So to, to some extent, is, is some of that noise going to be around the content, around these points, whether it be trust or otherwise that need to be discussed. And, and uh, Professor Schwab has talked and he's written about the great reset that's needed. If we do not reset the way uh, we do business, uh, the way the way we cooperate or don't cooperate, then we're going to see further shocks and upheavals over the next few years. So kind of is this, I guess what I'm coming down to, is this a, an opportunity unexpectedly so to maybe get more done than ever before? Absolutely. I think we've had the opportunity throughout the year. And I think this has been one of the beauties, I would say, of operating digitally is that we've been able to work all year round on multiple issues. We've had task forces that have involved um, government and international organizations and business. And the nice thing about being able to do it digitally or virtually is that actually we can extend our reach so we can work with more people it doesn't only have to be you know at the top but it's about going deeper into the organizations into the businesses by engaging more executives and more individuals um, also engaging our young community within our network of young global leaders and global shapers so all year round actually we have been working on climate we've been working on jobs on uh, resetting the economy what does the future economic growth need to look like in terms of inclusiveness what does it mean for ensuring that the jobs are equally accessible to women you know how does uh, how do we get to net zero um, we have about 126 countries who've signed up for it uh, but how do they actually get there so we have worked on that and this week at the start of the new year we have an opportunity to really talk about what we've done we have an opportunity to engage others on it and really an opportunity to drive a bit more of scale uh, visibility and really get that urgency behind uh, the kind of shift we all feel that we need to make for a better future. Something that I thought was interesting was that uh, the forum has more partners now than it did at the start of the crisis at the beginning of last year, that it's galvanized actually more support as we've grinded on through the pandemic. What are you seeing from your stakeholders that they're looking for from you? Why do you think there's this sort of growing demand for these types of conversations, these types of action planning services, these toolkits? 
what what are your members partners looking for these days so we have indeed seen that and i think that really points to the need that exists there and from a our partner standpoint that's obviously the business community the private sector um they absolutely are now realizing the concept of the you know stakeholder capitalism that professor shrab has also talked about he talked about it 50 years ago this week actually he's launched a book there's a session as well i think in a little bit on it uh, where he'll be talking about it but that's the concept of driving progress but driving progress with people and planet in mind now this is a concept that of of course the forum has uh, been talking about for a long time but what we do see now is that uh, since the last few years we've seen the business sector really embrace it in ways that we hadn't seen before and here now companies are looking to make a shift and to make a change and to to drive uh, and develop their business strategies that are consistent with driving sustainability and driving um positive impacts to the ecosystem that they operate in. So I think with that in mind as businesses are looking to make that change and shift um it's often um only so much that you can do yourself and then yes you can come together as an industry and do a bit more but then you realize very quickly that you need to engage with civil society and governments and you need um a platform on which you can really move things a lot faster. and that's what we are seeing an interest in organizations to engage on many of our projects you know if we talk about climate um i mentioned the net zero where the countries have made a commitment but how do we get that forward so we are working to create uh projects around net zero at city level and companies can come together there and work with cities to say how do you get cities to get to a net zero target because they can affect many things infrastructure the types of buildings they have uh, transportation etc so bringing multiple industries together bringing multiple stakeholders together um and aligning them around common goals and being able to then help drive these projects forward is the interest that um these organizations are uh, looking to get that support from us similarly for jobs as well we've got now i think um 2 years ago we launched in davos the goal to get to reskilling 1 billion people and we now have like 10 countries where we have these uh, reskilling accelerator programs where there is commitment from the government the local businesses are engaging and they're working towards this broader goal which is a global goal but all each of these countries can contribute to it Sarita one of your roles with the forum is is chief executive of the US um uh, and president trump uh, has come to davos in previous years and he's he's delivered certain messages the one year it was the US is open for business and then more recently he he kind of advocated for his reelection and and talked about the success his economic policies have had however he's not going to be the the US president now for this this Davos or for the next few years at least um and i wonder how much momentum there's been since uh Joe Biden was elected uh, in November for some of these things you're talking about such as climate change sustainability green economy um you know uh, more cooperation whether it's you know jobs or uh, the environment or whatever it is have you have you felt there there's been a step change in recent weeks on the part of your partners or or anyone you're talking to as a result of the change in in, in leadership in the US the change in the leadership in the US is um you know one week i think or less so of course there is um 
a lot of opportunity in terms of that engagement. And we do look forward to engaging with the new administration. We are already in conversation with them. As you know, the forum engages globally with all countries and all heads of state. So US, of course, is the largest economy, has always been a priority for us. So we will engage with the current administration as well. In terms of you know, US business, I think the US business was already involved in um, the various topics that we've talked about. So of course, business growth and economic growth is a priority for them, but we have the US business equally interested in driving uh, impact on climate. And in fact, we had many business uh, associations progressing on that front, um, despite perhaps the political statements. And we have um, interests on the uh, skilling and job related aspects as well. So, um, you know, I think it's very clear what the what our challenges are, come back to the three C's of the COVID climate and cooperation. And I think all of these will probably see a focus from the US political system, um, as well as the business system in much more of an urgent manner. Sarita, I'm curious what you're listening for from business leaders in the United States around vaccine deployment. America's fallen far short of getting vaccines to citizens in a timely manner. And Dr. Anthony Fauci is addressing the forum later today, I believe. Do you think any announcements or plans or any needle moving will actually happen at the forum this week for the US and vaccines? Um, as you said, yes, we do have Anthony Fauci talking about it. I think the vaccines situation is such that we have a lot of hope, right? So that's the positive news that we do have vaccine and the private sector really came through on this to be able to develop the options and multiple options in this case. So we are talking now about um, making it available and making it, uh, I mean, distributed quickly and fast. Uh, this is, I think, a global issue. We are working with um, actually WHO on this as well. When COVID actually started last year, we launched the COVID Action Platform where we have, uh, I think, over 100 businesses now engaged. And what they worked on has pivoted as the issue has changed. So now the work is around making the vaccination available, making it available to all parts of the world. And the issues of the U.S., I think we'll all hear together on Thursday when Anthony, or today later, Anthony Fauci speaks, um, because as you can read on the news, and I read it as well this morning, things are changing quickly and fast in the U.S. So I can't give you any further insight on that. I think we're all going to learn about it together. It's obvious that's a very high priority, and I think the businesses are engaging to help support that. That was uh, Sarita Nayar from the World Economic Forum talking to Kelsey and myself. Uh, Kelsey, thank you so much. Good to be here. That's it for today. Thank you all for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe or leave a review. All that remains to thank our production team, Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan. Do join us again next time.